Welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. My name is Bill Parkey, and I'm the senior pastor of Grace Life Pentecostal Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are so glad that you are tuned in today to listen. If this message impacts you in any way, we encourage you to share it with your friends and family. Now listen and enjoy today's podcast. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 18 says, while he spake these things unto them. Turn to somebody and say, while Jesus was speaking these things unto them. Turn to somebody else and say, while Jesus was preaching, a certain ruler, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him. There's just something about worship that makes God stop. Say, I just got to check into who's who's worshiping me right now. I know I got a program, and I know I got to do this, but I I feel like somebody's going to worship him until you leave with your miracle today. I said, somebody's going to worship him until you leave with your miracle here today. Saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased. I don't care how long you've had what you have. I'm telling you, in this service, miracles could happen in this service for somebody. That's sick and tired of being sick and tired. And say, I believe God can touch me today. Not only can he touch me, but I can touch him. And the Bible says she came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. He said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. See, there's some people that are just happy with their condition. And they're just saying, it is what it is, and this is the way it's always going to be. And Jesus said, no, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, he's preaching already. But when the people were put forth, he went in. You see, when you can get the doubt out, Jesus can come in. When you can get the doubt out, Jesus can come in. And he took her by the hand and the maid arose. And the fame thereof went abroad into all of that land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. 
Somebody needs to get a yay, Lord, in your spirit today. I said somebody needs to get a yay, Lord, in your spirit today. And then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame into all of that country. And they went out, behold, they brought him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb man spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel." I'd like to have a service where we would say, I've never seen a service like that. I've never been in a service like that. But the Pharisees said, he casteth out devils through the prince of devils. And then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I know there's a lot there and I know we read a lot, but I, I want to just entitle this today an unfinished sermon. An unfinished sermon. I believe before I'm done preaching today, something's going to happen. In fact, I won't get done preaching today because something's getting ready to happen in this place. Hallelujah. I want if you just, Jesus said, according to your faith. Do you believe God can do miracles in this place today? It's according to your faith. And if you'll get the doubt out, he'll come in. So I want if you just lift your hands right now. I, I didn't come for just a normal service today, but I want God to do something in this place. I want if you'd lift your voice with it and just let a sound of prayer and worship and praise just fill this house today. Come on, let's let something be released into the atmosphere. Come on, I believe that God can do the miraculous. I believe that God can work in this place today. I believe people can be healed. People can be delivered. Come on, people can be set free today by the power that is in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody worship him right now. He responds to worship. Come on, he responds when somebody, amen, will begin to worship him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. An unfinished sermon. You may be seated. Bible says that while he spake these things unto them, some have said that Matthew chapter 9 very possibly was the busiest day in the ministry of the life of Jesus. If you read even earlier, there were things that happened where he was teaching and a man that was sick of the palsy came and he began to heal him and then have a discourse with the Pharisees about whether uh, what was easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy, to take up your bed and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee. And so he's, he's having these conversations, and people are coming to him with their needs. And uh, he's, he's, he's preaching. And we read in verse 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, 
there came a certain ruler. I love the house of God, and I love the things of God. The Bible says that we're saved by the foolishness of preaching. And we understand that there's, there's power in preaching. There's faith that comes by hearing the word of God. But there just comes a moment in time that I've heard all the preaching that I need to have the faith that God can move in my situation. I, I don't know if I could sit down and count the amount of sermons that I have heard in my lifetime. I was raised in a pastor's home, and I, I can't tell you the hundreds of sermons that I've even preached. But there just comes a point where uh, faith arises. And I think of the man who was sitting by the pool of Bethesda and how that the waters would be troubled. And he was waiting for the moving of the waters. And I just want to say that the purpose of preaching is to motivate us and move us to a place of faith. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can miss the moment and we can miss the time that God wants to, to do the miracle. And there were back in early days of, of Pentecost when preachers would preach, there would be conviction that would fall on people. And before the preacher was even done, people were coming out of their pews and people were uh, bringing their vices to the altar and putting it on the altar and God began to move and there was a lot of unfinished sermons. But by the end of that service, there were people that were delivered. There were people that were changed. There were people that were set free. And so today I come here and I, I in my own, and I, I don't want to belabor the point, but it's been a long week. I've been moving. I'm getting older. My back sore. My feet are tired. And I was ready to, to let someone else take this responsibility. But I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. And I feel even a spirit of an evangelist here today to not even preach as a pastor, but to preach as an evangelist and say something wants, God wants something to take place in this service today. And I'm not here and worried about preaching a pretty sermon to you or impressing you with the enticing words of men's wisdom. But Paul said, I come in the power and in the demonstration of the spirit. Amen. And sometimes preaching can be like a meal and you don't necessarily even remember what you ate last week, but you ate and it nourished you and it fed you. There are times that there are sermons that make an impact on us and we can remember the title. Maybe we can repeat some of the things that were said and we say that was a, a good sermon. But I, I would dare say that some of us may not even remember the sermon that was preached the night we got the Holy Ghost. We may not remember the sermon that was preached the night we got the miracle. But all we know was that in some moment in that service, there was faith that, that, that began to build in our spirit and began to build in our heart. And there was something that overwhelmed us and something that overtook us and said, I can't wait for that sermon to end. I can't, I can't leave this service the same way that I came in. And I don't remember what was preached, but I remember what happened to me in my life. I would say that in this passage, the Bible doesn't particularly say everything that Jesus was talking about. It just said that he spake many things. 
And I would say that some of you, if I would ask you on a Wednesday or Thursday, what did pastor preach? Well, I don't, I don't really know, but I know it was many things. Praise God. It, it, it was a lot and I, and it was good, but I, I can't tell you. Amen. But I hope some of it sticks and some of it you can remember. But oh, if God touches you and if God ministers to you, you can say, I remember the time. I remember the moment that something changed when cancer was in my body and it left, when sin was in my life and I was delivered. Come on, when I had depression and oppression settling in on me, but all of a sudden my hands went in the air and tears began to stream. Come on, I'm preaching about an unfinished sermon where somebody says, I'm not waiting for the last day, man, but I'm desperate for God to do something in my life and I'm ready for God to move on me right now. The Bible says that there was a certain ruler in other passages. We understand his name was Jarius and he was an important man and he had a position and he was somebody who was respected in the community but let me just tell you when you have a need and your daughter is dead at home it, your position goes out the window and and protocol goes out the window and uh i i kind of have a little pet peeve and it's kind of been my life and uh, i hate to cut in line and i hate to be rude and but uh i'm, I'm as i've gotten older i'm learning that uh you know you can be too nice and uh, how many knows that sometimes you let somebody go in front of you at Walmart and then it takes 30 minutes for them to get through their stuff and you're, you're sitting there with your two things going, mm, I'm not sure if, if I should have done that or not. And so I don't know, maybe I'm getting older and a little bit more grouchy and uh, kind of just, you know, don't see people and just kind of get, get into, into position. Amen. But sometimes I think maybe you're too nice in the spirit and you're watching somebody else get a blessing. You're watching somebody else leave with their miracle. You're watching somebody else get in line and get what they need. But sometimes you just need to have a, a bold spirit in a service and say, hey, I know there's a program. I know there's a protocol. I know there's an order. And I, I, I think we should do things decently in an order. But sometimes you just got to say, I'm desperate for a miracle. I'm desperate for a move. Come on, show us your glory. Show us your power. Come on. Am I preaching to anybody? I'm talking about an unfinished sermon. Come on, where you don't wait till the third point and the, and the last amen and the last point to whatever. But you just say, come on, I feel something right now. I feel faith in my heart right now. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes you've got to lose your position You've got to lose your, your protocol. The Bible tells us about David and how that he took off his royal garments and he began to worship God and he began to magnify God because the Ark of the Covenant was coming into Jerusalem and his wife was looking at him saying, David, you're a crazy man. What's going on with you? But he was passionate about worship. He was passionate about the presence of God. You're not going to get anything by being cute. You're not going to get anything by just maintaining your dignity. But every once in a while, you need to take your coat off. You need to let your hair down, so to speak. And you need to say, I'm forgetting about everybody else. I'm forgetting about what my position, my title is. Come on, your title is you are a worshiper. 
Come on, your title is you are somebody that was created to give God worship. Come on, the Father seeketh such to worship him. You wonder why somebody gets a blessing in a service and you don't because they're worshiping and you're not. Come on, you ought to say, God, I need something from you. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what I look like. But God, I'm going to worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says that he came to Jesus. You see, sometimes we're waiting on him to come to us, and he's waiting on you to come to him. Sometimes, well, I'll move if, if God moves on me, but sometimes it's your move, and God is waiting on you to have an act of faith and an act of response. Bible says in Mark chapter 2 where those men begin to tear off the roof and they begin to break through the crowd and break through the press. The Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. In other words, there is a faith that Jesus can see. And there are responses to the presence of God that may be unorthodox. And they may be something that is out of the ordinary. But when you begin to have a desperation, just like that blind Bartimaeus, and in fact, just about every miracle that you can see in Scripture was somebody doing some kind of action to say, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And I just feel like telling somebody, instead of waiting for Jesus to get to you, why don't you say, I'm going to get to him and I'm going to worship him because if I can get to him, something's getting ready to change, something's getting ready to move, and something's getting ready to be different in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He came to Jesus. The Bible says that we have not because we ask not. And I believe that God will not force himself on anybody. But as you begin to yield to him, then God begins to pour out and God begins to move. You say, why do we respond emotionally to God? Because if you, if you want a million dollars, you will probably get emotional. Somebody paid your house off, you'd probably get emotional. Come on, if you had something good happen in your life, you'd probably get emotional. I want to tell you, God's greater than a million dollars. God's greater than somebody paying your house off. Come on. The Bible says that he who has been forgiven much loves much. You want to see a testament of, of what God has done in somebody's life? Watch their worship. And so if God's not done anything for you, you just sit there. But if God's done a lot for you, I could not sit silent. Come on, Jesus said, if these hold their peace, the very rocks are going to cry out. Come on, something begins to happen when you worship. Something begins to happen when you praise. Something begins to happen when you give God glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we just for about 30 seconds give God a great praise and worship right now. Come on, when you worship, miracles are released. Come on, when you worship, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, when you worship, 
Something will begin to happen and transpire in your life and you will not leave the same way as you came. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You see, your worship is connected to your faith. I said your worship is connected to your faith. You will not worship something that you do not believe in. You will not worship something that is, 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 is not higher than you are. And the reason we worship is because he's in an elevated position and he's higher than we are and he's greater than we are and he has the power to, to, to work the miraculous in our life. And so when I begin to worship, he said, if I be lifted up, the psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. When I begin to worship then all of a sudden my faith is increased and without faith it is impossible to please God. When you are low in faith, when you are low in belief, when you are low in, in, the, in the idea that your situation is going to change, that's when you've got to turn on the worship and the praise. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You see, it's easy to worship when everything's going good. It's easy to worship whenever things go in your way. But the time that you really need to worship is when things are not going the way that you want. Come on, Jarius, you got a dead daughter at home, but I'm still going to worship. Come on, Jarius, you got an impossible situation when you leave here. I'm still going to worship. Come on, I'm not waiting for him to come to me. I'm coming to him and I'm going to give him praise and I'm going to give him worship. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I wish somebody just give him a crazy praise right now. I said I wish somebody just give him a crazy praise right now. Come on, I wish somebody just dig down deep and say, come on, I need to put him on the throne right now. Come on, I need a God that's a healer. I need a God that's a deliverer. I'm just going to worship him a little bit right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, I feel something, something building right now. Come on, I feel something building right now. Come on, your worship is connected to your faith. Come on, if you'll worship, something's getting ready to change in your world. Hallelujah. 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 I think I'm going to interrupt my own sermon for some worship right now. Come on, I think I'm going to interrupt the sermon right now for some worship. Hallelujah. 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 You see, 
Jarius did not ignore the fact that he had a dead daughter at home. Go ahead. 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 Three kids with sickle cell anemia. One of them has had a transplant at St. Jude. She's saying, I'm going to interrupt a sermon right now because I need God to do something in my family. Come on, I wonder if some of you would just worship with her right now and say, I'm going to let my faith loose. Come on, I'm going to let my faith loose. I'm going to let my faith loose. I'm going to let my faith loose. Come on. My faith is connected to my worship. And if I worship, it's going to release something into the atmosphere. Come on, somebody interrupt a sermon right now for a miracle. Come on, somebody interrupt a sermon right now for a miracle. Hallelujah. I need a couple ladies right here. I need a couple ladies right here. They got a daddy and a husband that needs a liver transplant. Come on, we're just going to interrupt the sermon right now for a miracle. Come on, we're going to interrupt the sermon right now for a miracle. We're going to interrupt the sermon right now for a miracle. Come on, don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Shout now. Shout now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We hope this podcast has blessed you in some way. If you would like to connect with us or want more information about Grace Life, visit us online at mygrace.life. Thank you for tuning in. And God bless.